Hello and welcome to episode 39 of EV Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan McFeet, and today, unfortunately, we're back into COVID lockdown in Sydney. But in the news, three European truck manufacturers are investing in a heavy vehicle EV charging network. We have a surprise takeover of Bugatti by Rimac and Porsche. Australia's next port highlights some plans to bring EVs down under. Tesla's Model 3 gets a price cut in Australia, and Polestar and SEA Electric are in talks to go public. These stories and more coming up, so let's get into it. Australia's importer for BYD vehicles and electric buses, Nextport, has revealed that it plans to bring an all-electric commercial van to Australia to be named the Nextport DLX. In a statement via LinkedIn, Nextport Managing Director Luke Todd said that mass production in New South Wales will commence in early 2022. We will soon announce price and specifications. Nextport is creating jobs for Australians wishing to join the cleantech manufacturing renaissance. Now, this is a very short but welcome timeline from Nextport. Australia's transport emissions have grown steadily uh, over the last few decades and account for one-third of our greenhouse gas emissions, according to the Climate Council. Nextport already manufactures buses here in Australia, utilising BYD powertrains and bus bodies from Gemmelang and Volgren, so it's possible that they are leveraging existing manufacturing capacity to bring the DLX to market so quickly. Another scenario could be that the company plans to flat-pack vehicle bodies and drivetrain components, ready for final assembly on Australian shores. Nextport has plans to eventually establish a passenger and commercial vehicle manufacturing facility in Australia on a 51-hectare site 90 minutes southwest of Sydney. Porsche is asking its automotive component suppliers to switch to renewables, as the company is said to have set a goal of 100% carbon neutrality across its whole production chain within nine years. Porsche has stated that suppliers who are unwilling to switch to certified green energy will no longer be considered for contracts in the long term. Porsche's supply chain is responsible for around 20% of the company's total greenhouse gas emissions. This percentage is set to rise to around 40% by 2030 due to the increasing electrification of its vehicles. For its part, Porsche has been trying to reduce carbon emissions from its production sites. The automaker will be investing 1 billion euro in decarbonisation measures this decade and its Zuffenhausen plant has been carbon neutral since 2019. Porsche's just-released Taycan Cross Turismo is the world's first-ever carbon-neutral vehicle, according to the company. Sticking with the German sports car brand, the famed Bugatti brand, currently within the Volkswagen portfolio, is set to be transferred to joint ownership between Porsche and Rimac. The new joint venture, named Bugatti Rimac, will be formed towards the end of this year, according to Car Magazine. Clearly, Volkswagen is clearing out the garage of unnecessary vanity projects. Now, don't get us wrong, the Bugatti brand is steeped in history and its current cars are marvels of engineering. But as Volkswagen recovers from the dieselgate penalties and seeks to fund its electrification roadmap, there are no spare dollars for niche supercar brands. Now, Rimac holds 55% of the share in the new joint venture, with Porsche controlling the other 45%. Under the new corporate structure, Porsche effectively takes over all Bugatti responsibilities. Porsche is already moving towards electric vehicles, and we can definitely expect the Zuffenhausen manufacturer to leverage Rimac's electric expertise. Now over to Tesla, and Tesla's Model 3 is now the cheapest it's ever been in Australia, dipping below $60,000 before on-road costs, and before state EV incentives. The Driven reports that this is now 10% cheaper than when it first went on sale in June 2019 and $14,000 cheaper than last year when Tesla faced a weak Australian dollar. 
The standard range plus variant is now cheaper than Hyundai's Kona, Kia's Nero and the Mazda MX-30 electric, and also Nissan's Leaf E+. The Model 3 is already the best-selling EV in the country, and this price reduction will no doubt encourage more EV buyers to choose Tesla, and will woo more premium buyers away from Audi, BMW and Mercedes-Benz. BMW's 2.0-litre 320i starts from 69900 and I know which car I'd rather have. It might also put a squeeze on other brands with EVs in their range. Though global supply is constrained at the moment, hopefully a sub-60k Tesla will force Hyundai, Kia, Nissan, Mazda et al. to reconsider and renegotiate pricing with their respective headquarters. It's all very well to maximise profit per unit, but if Tesla has the whole market to itself, what's the point of that? Now the Model 3 long range starts from 73400 Australian and the performance from 84900. Victoria and New South Wales are currently offering stamp duty concessions and zero emissions vehicle rebates to the tune of $3,000, and in the Australian Capital Territory, a $15,000 interest-free loan is also available to EV buyers, which would bring the purchase price to under $45,000 before on roads. Once Tesla's delivery fee, various charges and stamp duty are added, the on-road price works out to between $64,000 and $65,000 Australian dollars depending on the state or territory in which you reside. And in some breaking Tesla news, the Model Y is now available to order in Europe, with the design studio going online overnight. Deliveries are expected in the third quarter of this year, and reservation holders have already received an email with an August delivery date. On the Tesla Germany website, the Model Y is listed at €56,990 for the long-range version. This includes a German EV tax credit. Now, this is a lot more than the cost of the Model Y long-range in the US, almost $20,000 US more to be precise, after relevant tax credits. It appears that these Europe-bound Model Ys will come from China, as they feature the Shanghai factory interior with the timber inlays on the doors. These ones aren't available from the Fremont facility. Chinese-made Teslas are equipped with lithium-ion phosphate, LFP, cobalt-free batteries, and there has already been a lot of speculation online by pundits and commentators about how and why these cars are coming from China. Obviously, Tesla's Giga Berlin factory isn't ready for some time, and I believe that Tesla just wants to capture some European market share. Yes, Model Y sales volumes have been strong in the US, but I believe Tesla still wants to grow its presence in Europe, and in particular Germany, which will be home to its new factory soon. Obviously, with the price difference and cheaper production costs of the Model Y in China, Tesla has a potential for some good profit margin on these cars in Europe, even taking into account transport and import taxes. So it's also clear that Tesla China does have some production capacity then to be able to do this. We'll have to closely monitor Chinese domestic Model Y sales figures from here on in to see if A, Chinese domestic sales have been low and exports are picking up excess capacity, or B, whether production remains low overall, hinting at some supply constraints in componentry for Tesla. On to Polestar and the sister brand to Volvo that is also owned by Geely is in talks to go public through a special purpose acquisition company with Gores Guggenheim Incorporated. Reuters reports the deal is likely to be valued at around 25 billion US dollars or 33 billion Australian dollars. Polestar is expanding rapidly with sales in Europe and the United States and plans to enter Australia in November this year. The company raised 550 million US or 735 million Australian in April this year as it looks to expand its manufacturing footprint outside China, taking advantage of Volvo's US presence in South Carolina. Polestar's first SUV, the Polestar 3, is set to go into production there later in 2022. 
And speaking of potential SPAC deals, Australian startup, or should I say former Australian startup, SEA Electric, is shooting for a public listing in the US after the successful EV truck and van tech company moved its headquarters to Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Business Journal quoted SEA Electric's president for the Americas, Mike Mainhart, saying the company is exploring the possibility of going public. In an email conversation with The Driven, SEA President Tony Fairweather said that the company is focusing on growth right now and is aiming for profitability in 2023. Despite the lack of profitability, SEA is doing quite well, receiving around 75 million US or 100 million Australian in private equity funding in March this year. Three of Europe's biggest truck manufacturers, Daimler Trucks, Tratton and AB Volvo, plan to invest €167 million Euro each, that's €262 million AU or US$198 million, US, into a new joint venture business to develop a Europe-wide charging network for battery electric heavy vehicles. Now, the notion of electrified heavy vehicles scares many away from even discussing the transition from polluting trucks. Weight, cost, charging and range are all cited as insurmountable obstacles. And there aren't many manufacturers with production-ready battery electric models. Even Tesla's much-lauded Tesla Semi is at least 12 months away. This joint venture aims to address the issues of range anxiety and charging, according to Martin Daum, chief executive of Daimler Trucks. The key ingredient in the future rolling out of electric vehicles will be the infrastructure. It will be the big bottleneck, he said. The European Car Industry Association, ACEA, wants 50,000 heavy vehicle charger points across Europe by 2030, warning that a dense network of recharging sites in all EU member states is crucial to making road freight carbon neutral by 2050. All three companies currently have electric trucks in development and are aiming for the joint venture company to be operational by 2022. The company will be headquartered in Amsterdam and lists an initial objective installing 1,700 charging points within the next five years. The ACEA is also a proponent of hydrogen fuel cell-powered transport and is working to set a target of installing 300 hydrogen refuelling stations in the EU by 2025. Daimler, Toyota, Volvo and Hyundai are among legacy automakers investing in fuel cell technology. And Hyundai is currently operating Exient hydrogen fuel cell rigid body trucks in Switzerland. Staying in the EU and the charging space, the EU Commission plans to implement charging infrastructure requirements as the Union looks to accelerate the uptake of electric vehicles and reduce its greenhouse gas emissions. It's expected that EU Commission will give member states firm requirements for the expansion of charging infrastructure to guarantee at least one ultra-rapid station at distances of no more than 60 kilometres or 37 miles along major European motorways. This would be implemented by 2025. In 2030, this will also apply to the EU's extended motorway network. According to German newspaper Frankfurter Allgemeine, the EU Commissioner's declared goal is that the charging infrastructure must be in place before CO2 emissions from new cars fall to zero. Now, we think that targets and incentives are the best way to move to zero emissions vehicles and to improve charging infrastructure, and it certainly seems like the EU Commission is throwing all its weight behind battery electric vehicles above any other technology. Perhaps the next issue to tackle is the standardisation of payment systems and a mandate for open payment platforms to allow customers to tap and charge without having to sign up to an app. EV charging is becoming complex in Europe and around the world, with charging providers banking on gathering personal data from downloading their specific app, but of course this comes at the price of convenience for consumers. And that's it for this episode. 
Let me know if you enjoyed the show and this episode by commenting or leaving a review or subscribing below. And don't forget to head over to evbrief.com to stay up to date with the latest EV news. Thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to EV Brief. Stay safe and have a great week.